Welcome to the Artist Rights Watch podcast. I'm your host, Nick Patel, a songwriter, a publisher, and a student of the music industry. Alongside me, I have David Lowry and Chris Castle. David Lowry is a platinum-selling songwriter and performer for bands Cracker and Capper van Beethoven. He currently lectures to music business students at the University of Georgia and is an ongoing artist rights activist. Chris Castle is a music lawyer in Austin, Texas, where he represents artists and music tech companies and works on public policy issues for artist rights, and his content information is in the show notes. So today, we're going to be talking about Twitch. Twitch is a video game streaming platform that is gaining a lot of traction among the video game industry. Um, it's one of the go-to platforms if someone's looking to stream their game or if someone's looking to watch someone play a game. And according to their website, Twitch is where millions of people come together live every day to chat, interact, and make their own entertainment together. And music, obviously, plays a big part in that. Music is integral to video games, for example. Currently, music is used as background music, in-game music, or occasionally people singing. And of course, music needs to be appropriately licensed for broadcast on Twitch. Twitch must obtain mechanical licenses for replication and distribution, a sync license for video and music synchronization, and a public performance blanket license for playing music during a broadcast. And among the music industry, Twitch has not been cooperative in this ability to obtain these licenses. And many times streamers are found using copyrighted music without proper licensing. However, Twitch recently introduced a beta software known as Soundtrack, which is supposed to allow creators to use copyright-free music in their streams. So creators will be able to choose music from a set of stations and playlists curated by Twitch staff by theme or genre. This music is played separately from video and is not included in a creator's video on demand. In addition, Twitch is using exposure as payment for these tracks. So now I'll open up the floor to David and Chris, who will talk to us about Twitch and its relation to the music industry. Right, so Chris and David, how are you guys doing? You guys good? Uh, yeah, I'm doing fine here. Uh, I'm broadcasting from my uh, guest bedroom here in Athens, Georgia. Chris looks like he's in his undisclosed location in the mountains somewhere in the southwest. That's right, I'm in a bunker on a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> nice, good to hear it. So we're going to start with the first question, which is how has the music industry dealt with or reacted to Twitch in the past? Yeah. Uh, Chris, you want, you want to take this? Cause you're, you might be a little yeah. close. Well, generally speaking, um, there has been a chase, <coughs> excuse me. There's been a chase of, uh, of uh, Twitch for licensing, which they've not really been particularly responsive to other than with respect to, um, getting a PRO license, um, which I know, I, I'm pretty sure they have one with ASCAP. I think they have one with BMI. Beyond that, I'm not really sure uh, how far they've gone. Uh, I, just went back and, I just went back and looked through my uh, last PRO statement and I don't see anything for Twitch and I'm a BMI writer. So I suspect that maybe they only have ASCAP. Well, or am I yeah. used on Twitch? So I don't know. But the, but the other shoe of that mm -hmm. is that um, although they have obtained these licenses, they do not, remember with ASCAP and BMI, uh, they don't have a choice. I mean, if, if you are a user of music and you want to um, get an ASCAP BMI license, you basically send a letter under the consent decrees, which is kind of a tag you're it situation. Um, and you're licensed as of the date of that letter 
um, and they'll get. So there's you know, no rater terms. They, yeah, right. right. Exactly. Okay. And okay, so, and, and, and that means um, that there's, there's um, no one has made a demand as to what the reporting ought to look like, right? So just because Twitch has a deal with ASCAP BMI mm. without knowing more, um, you, you know, what's more likely is that at best, they've sent their letter under the consent decree they paid some money. Uh, they're going to argue about the specific rates, and Twitch is not sending them any reporting. Uh, which, in which case, that money will go into general licensing, and it will probably, I would guess, and 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 it'll get divided up based on the general licensing rules at the particular PRO. So the and general so general licensing rules are normally those things where you can't track stuff like. Music exactly. playing a bar, a mall. So it's sort of the stuff that gets is sort of the one of two black boxes, sort of the the reasonable black box, shall we say, right? You know, sort of the more reasonable black box. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So anyway, so that I think that um, that's part that, that's as far as things have gotten on the licensing front. Uh, as our uh, Twitch has a licensing person, uh, and they have, I think they have several licensing people, uh, who seem to spend more time trying to figure out how to get around licensing than actual licensing. Um, right. So it's a bit of a misnomer to well, say the, licensing. I mean, practically, what are they currently doing to get around these licenses? So, so from what I can tell, if they've, they have offered this, so first of all, a public performance license is basically, you could argue, it's not totally unreasonable. It's not totally crazy to argue that they need a public, that they uh, need a public performance license and maybe possibly under certain situations that would su suffice. So, so typically like a radio station has a public performance license because to just sort of play music, but there's not, copies and archives of the, that music stored on their servers, whereas Twitch does that. They store archives of these live stream games on their servers. So the first thing that they're doing to get around having like, you, you have to have more than a public performance license. You have to have a sync license as well as probably a mechanical license uh, to do this. So what they've seemed to be doing to get around this, the first thing that jumps out at me is they've issued this new soundtrack tool, which sort of allows users to stream along with their, uh, you know, their gameplay, uh, various music that they may or may not have pre-approved. But the key thing that the soundtrack tool does is it seems to remove, they, see, they advertise, it's a bit confusing their, their statement, but it seems to remove the music when it goes, it, they claim it removes the music when it goes to archive. So what they're trying to get around is like sort of just using the music when it's more or less broadcast. The problem with this is that it's not really clear since this is, even though it's maybe they're using music when it's live, it, feels like a sync license. So I would hand it 
to Chris to talk about that. Why, why are they doing this? Well, I think um, there's a couple of pieces to this, right? First of all, um, if they're not, uh, if, they're, if they're doing what I think they're doing, which is using the soundtrack tool to simultaneously play back or play music while they're engaging in whatever on-camera uh, activities they're doing, gameplay, let's say, um, they're going to probably argue that they're that it's not a sync, right? Because the music is not actually synced to the gameplay, so it would okay, right? That's uh, why when it goes to archive, we're like, look, it's not there. It's not it's synced not to it. Oh. It's not locked to it. Yeah, magic. But the yeah, so that's the first thing I noticed. The, the second thing I noticed with that is that it is it seems to be kind of a weak sauce approach to the ephemeral source rule. And what is that? What is that ephemeral? So the ephemeral source rule is uh, it's a copyright doctrine that essentially says if it, it really is designed to apply to broadcasters, right? So if it, if there's an event, let's say like a, a common example that people give um, is if there's a sporting event, like uh, you're, let's say you're at the Los Angeles Coliseum watching a USC game and uh, somebody in the, in the, in the, um, in the, or at the stadium is playing at the stadium over the stadium's sound system. The or like the band, songs, right? the band could be playing or, 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 in their seats. The band. In yeah. their seats, Half not on the field. Right, exactly. It could be the band. It could be, uh, it could be either recorded or live. Mm -hmm. Could be an actual halftime show, right? That's a bit of a close case for ephemeral source at that point. But, mm -hmm. but the idea is that there's, there's music being played that's not in the control of the broadcaster, but it gets into the broadcast. Uh, and so as long as the broadcaster doesn't archive, uh, you know, or doesn't archive for very long, um, and, uh, you know, essentially is just rebroadcasting the show or just broadcasting the show or and what they call live to tape so it might it might not be an immediate live broadcast but but it would be something that would be syndicated let's say so that it would it would get out there uh in its initial broadcast in a matter of weeks or months right and that you can get away with um but this is different than that. <laughs> well, I right. think also because it's under control of Twitch. That's right. Because the is, rule is designed to say, you broadcaster are, are putting out this show. Um, the, the, the production company is responsible for clearing all the music. Um, and you probably have that in a contract. Um, and if there's music that happens to slip in inadvertently, uh, we're not going to penalize you for it. That's essentially the idea. The policy behind it is the inadvertence and the fact that it's not under the control of the broadcaster, right? So this is not inadvertent <laughs> in, with Twitch, and it is entirely under the, well, the, 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 the 
Twitch creator uh, is uh, entirely in control of the selection, the placement, and, um, and the playback of the music, even if they're using the soundtrack tool. Um, and you know, the fact that it's not archived is kind of neither here nor there to me, because that's that the, the archive piece is uh, um, you know just part of the ephemeral source analysis. Uh, so you know, I don't think that there's uh, I don't think it's a strong case, you know, that, that they get ephemeral source. But it's the kind of thing that people do who are trying to shoot squid ink, you know, <laughs> on um, on a situation where they have uh, uncertain rights. So they're trying to just create uh, kind of a smokescreen for uh, what they're doing. They want to be able to say something because they're at the end of the day, they're a multi-billion dollar corporation and they're owned by Amazon, uh, which is a trillion dollar corporation. And they're pretty interesting target for litigation purposes. So they wanna, they wanna come up with something that allows them to get away with it while they're still you know, attracting users to, uh, to do this. Now, part of, part of the soundtrack deal is also um, appears to be licenses with uh, uh, independent labels. Uh, and, and that's different, but that's a license, right? Um, so that's not ephemeral source at that point. Wouldn't that only cover the, um, the sound recordings licenses and not the composition licenses? Right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, and they may own the compositions too, right? They may be able to give a one-stop shop license. Uh, right. I don't know the details of each single, of every single one, but I mean that if I was a Twitch creator, that would certainly be something I would ask. Like, okay, so this is supposed to help me, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Um, not hurt me. So, um, what rights am I actually getting here, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So. Is this issue simply solved by just Twitch acquiring right licenses? I mean, what is that process like? I mean, I imagine not every creator is going out using this soundtrack beta. And if they do, they'll see that, oh, well, the top songs that I want to listen to are on this platform. I'm just going to use my Spotify playlist, just keep using that or keep doing song requests that my audience is, is requesting. Right. So I, I I would say that, you know, given Chris's argument about ephemeral broadcast, that they need basically a sync license. And then the fact there's some kind of, in the terms of services for Twitch soundtrack, there's something about like, you break the terms of service if you sort of basically bypass the soundtrack controls somehow and store music with archive music with your with your video. So that seems just like a sync license. And then, you know, you're also doing, you know, you're, you're making a copy, you're distributing. Remember we've got six exclusive rights under the Copyright Act. So there's another two that have to come in. So I would think, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Chris, you're the attorney, but I would think that they would need basically a master license use for all the recordings from the big labels and the small labels. And they would need uh, essentially a sync license, or maybe some kind of modified blanket sync license from 
publishers big and small, whether that's through their trade organization or with them directly. What, what, what's your take on this, Chris? Yeah, I mean, the thing to remember is that this is not a situation where, um, you know, the labels and the publishers are refusing to license. <laughs> The labels and the publishers are chasing them saying, let, you know, license from me, please. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, normally in those situations, what happens is there's an umbrella deal. Um, and, you know, they'll go outside the umbrella probably. Um, and people will be upset or, or not. And, but they'll, but for the most part, they'll have, um, a broad set of rights. I mean, it's what I always say to people when they're going to do licensing for music tech projects. It's like, why don't you just go to one of the majors? You know, have you ever looked at the universal catalog? You know, do you think maybe your needs could be met somehow? <laughs> you know? By using one of the uh, three yeah. conglomerates, like basically. Yeah, have, have you seen it's about 40% of the music, right? Something yeah, like right. That. Yeah. I mean, have you looked at the Sony catalog? You know, I mean, it's like, so normally what you would do in that situation is you try to tie down one and then, you know, you gradually add to that. But most of the time, you know, uh, I think people would probably, at the labels would probably be more than willing to license. And then it becomes a bit of a headache to track down the publishing, but there are ways to do it. Um, we work with a company called Crunch Digital in Los Angeles that, that actually does this. It's, um, you know, you go in and you tell them, I've got this deal for the sound recordings and I want to use, you know, 10,000 tracks, and, but I need you to find me 10,000 tracks with the fewest publishers. <laughs> right. right. And, um, and then you go to those publishers and then gradually over time you add to it, right? Yeah. Um, so it's um, it's a process, but you don't have to go clear all the world's music on the same day, right? You know, because if you have a big enough offering, people are not going to complain. Okay. So then, at that point, in soundtrack, just been a liability play to claim that they try to help this issue. Um. Well, I mean, I can't read their minds, but there's a certain um, quirkiness to the way the soundtrack tool works and the statements and the terms of services, service that a reasonable, per reasonable person would, could read into this that in fact, that's what this is, that it is sort of a play to minimize their liability and to make themselves look better when in fact somebody does sue them because I think somebody will sue them. Did I say that carefully enough, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that they have. I think they have. Um, um, you know, it, it's not like they don't know, mm -hmm. right? These are sophisticated people. It, it, it's not like they don't know. Uh, so they know they've got exposure, and um, yet. They would rather, you know, try to find a way around it than to embrace it head on. And I don't know why that is. Um, 
maybe people are asking for too much money. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the terms have been discussed, what terms have been discussed, but you know, it's, I do know that there are people who are willing to license. So um, I don't know why they haven't like, like soundtrack is just designed to be able for, so they can walk if they do get sued, they can walk into court and say, your honor, you know, we have this tool that we've developed and and, and see most of this is, and probably, and see a lot of this is our users bypassing the terms of service, right? Yeah. I, think, I think that's- know, Well, you know, we try, you know. Yeah. Those, those, those <laughs> yeah. and clever, you know, and- Yeah, these kids these days. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and of course, we have no way of knowing what they're doing or stopping them from doing it because we're Amazon and- Right. Does this sort of get into the DMCA safe harbor because it's sort of the yeah, violation? So. Okay, all right. So that's enough. So if you're not aware, uh, listeners, uh, the DMCA safe harbor is one of these, the many safe harbors that have been extended to digital platforms that basically make their users liable rather they than themselves. Um, so, yeah. right. And they and they're also probably trying to break. There's a basically what it says is is if you don't know or have reason to know that there's infringement going on, then then you as a platform can take advantage of the safe harbor and wait until you get a notice, right? Right. Um, but right. Why would they be doing this if they didn't know or have reason to know that there was a reason to do it, right? Right. And when you've got all the labels, you know, and the publishers clamoring around saying you're infringing. <laughs> the chances are they are infringing. Chances yeah. are, yeah, they, 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 the, the knowledge issue starts to become harder and harder to, uh, you know, succeed on with a straight face. Right. What kind of first came to my mind, actually, was, you know, and Twitch is owned by Amazon. Is there not a way that they could have implemented Amazon Music, the streaming service, into Twitch somehow to cover some of these licenses rather than just using Soundtrack, which is a completely different entity. That's an interesting thought. I mean, the license that they have for Amazon Music would have to be expanded, but they would certainly know who to license with. And if the songs were coming from the correct source, they would have, uh, you know, they, they could, they could pull this off easier rather than uh, creating this sort of kludgy sort of soundtrack tool that no users don't, don't violate the terms of service on this rule. So that's a very good point, Nick. Yeah, that actually is a good point. And it would also give them the reporting and accounting on the back end, right? I mean, because we can't overlook that. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you the number of times over the years, you know, I've, I've talked to like a tech company CTO and he'll, I'll get the whole pitch on what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, you know, I, I, I've been sitting here for an hour listening to what you're planning, but you, and I haven't heard the words accounting yet, you know, <laughs> you know? so how are you planning on accounting? And they're oh, no, that's a spreadsheet, you know, what's no. the, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. There's a quote floating around right now. It has to do with vaccine distribution by a U.S. Marine Corps general. It's something like, uh, 
amateurs talk about strategy, professionals talk about logistics, right? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is what <laughs> songwriters, publishers are constantly saying, well, well, yeah, I mean, you're gonna account to us. How are you going to account for us? That's a really long way, right? Yeah, yeah so anyway. Yeah, that last mile, actually. <laughs> That is that is ninety nine percent of the work right there. Let's 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 start thinking about that, right? The last mile of it's essentially the same as the last mile of the vaccine distribution. It's like, well, okay, we're going to just make all these doses. How do you get it into people's hands? Where are the nurses coming from? Where are they doing this? You know. Anyway, sorry, I don't want to get. Well, the Zeno's paradox is where the arrow never actually hits the wall. Right. Yeah. Right. But speaking of, but going back to the streaming part of it, um, with gaming specifically, um, Twitch's biggest competitor seems to be Facebook gaming. That's where a lot of people are moving over to getting agreements and stuff. Um, is there a main difference between the way that they're acquiring the musical licenses? I mean, if they can do it, then surely Twitch could too. Well, so the thing about Facebook um, to remember is that for the longest time, Facebook didn't have any music licenses. And um, they were hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered, right? And, um, and then they decided to go out and start making deals. And they paid a fortune, right. you know, not for them probably, you know, but-, but Well, hundreds of millions of dollars, it is, it is whispered. Right. Nobody knows for sure, but it's whispered in the hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe not a half a billion, but, you know, something like that. Yeah. And that got them some, but not all of the of the labels that are out there. Right? So, um, yeah, I mean, your point about Amazon Music uh, giving Twitch a leg up is really a good point. Right. I mean, um, they could they could actually you could take that somewhere. And I have to believe that somebody um, has done that. I mean, you know, but because all you'd have to do at that point is go to Amazon and say, okay, well, we're going to do a license amendment for Twitch. A lot of times uh, when we come up with these, you know, off the cuff, these little solutions for how a, a, a company that lacks licenses, um, could fix it, that often it's also a good idea from their side because I believe Amazon Music in a way has, has struggled to find younger listeners. Yeah. So you match Amazon Music with Twitch and boom, you know, you kind of can become like maybe a real competitor in the, you know, 12 mm. to, you know, 30 year old market, right? And that's, that's always what, kind of amazes me about these conversations is a lot of times it's actually in these companies interest to go ahead and play along with us and listen to us artists and rights holders and stuff like that. So um, hopefully that gets sorted out and somebody there at Twitch uh, learns that it's actually in their interest to play by the rules instead of using the uh, web 1.0 of, you know, use it, uh, it's better to add whatever web one over it was, what was it? It's better to ask for forgiveness instead of permission, right? Or something like that. It's 
which is completely insane that was ever a, a saying in the technology. Permissionless innovation. Yeah, permissionless innovation. Yeah. Which is really just the, like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on now, right? Yeah. That's, that's not the way people should treat each other, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting going back to your point about you know, with the younger audiences, the biggest streaming service is Spotify and Apple Music. I mean, we've recently seen Spotify have paired with Hulu. So then now your subscription can now be Hulu and Spotify. Wow. And as a student, I mean, that's $5. My sister pays that. She gets both of them. I pay $5 for Apple Music. I also get Apple TV. And right. there's a way that they could have done it where if you subscribe to a creator on Twitch, it costs $5. You can mm. somehow find Add a way to on. incorporate that into Apple or Amazon Music, and then you would potentially be gaining younger audiences onto your platform. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and they, you know, it, it's also the kind of thing that they could they could literally do it tomorrow, right? I mean, it doesn't require. In that case, it really doesn't require a whole lot of effort. Um, you know, because they just have the they have the Amazon Music app. They're playing it back. You know, they could do it the same way they're doing it now, right? Except then they'd be able to archive it. And I bet I bet people would do that. You know, and and, and so what? I mean, if it could, the thing of it is, is this guy makes so much money hand over fist, and then you know, Bezos goes in front of Congress and and then and has the brass. To, to sit there and say, oh, yeah, copyright infringement on Twitch, I don't know anything. Well, tell them what you're referring to, actually, because it's actually interesting, right? Tell them. So, tell them. so, so Bezos goes up there to the um, Senate, I think it was the Senate Judiciary Committee, along with those other characters, right? Uh, not Tim Cook, but um, Jack Dorsey. And visually, you know, this is sort of like if Rocky Erickson had become an undertaker, he would look like Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Um, and so you've got Jack, Dor weird Jack, and then you've got, you know, Bezos, who has his own kind of odd, you know, vibe. And, and um, I think they had um, the Google guy and somebody else. Oh, Zuckerberg. And, um, and they ask, you know, this is United States Senate under oath, right? <laughs> they ask Bezos if he's aware that um, there's copyright infringement going on on Twitch. And he's, he's like, no, <laughs> I don't know anything about that. And, you know, come on. No one believes you, right? You know, that's a straight up lie. I mean, it's gotta be. How can he not know, right? And um, it should be pretty easy to find out. I mean, I, one of the things that, that came out of, uh, not to change the subject, but, but a, a, the uh, Google drugs case where Google was fined $500 million for uh, under the uh, Controlled Substances Act for advertising illegal drugs. Um, they had, uh, to, they produced 4 million documents to a grand jury 
And most of, there were a lot of emails, according to the Wall Street Journal, that clearly implicated Larry Page. And, you know, in, in, in knowledge about this situation, right? And you realize these people are, you know, one of the things you tear your hair out as a lawyer is, is, is what people put in emails as though this is some magical thing that goes off into the ether and no one will ever find. And, and you know, you realize after that drugs case, now these Google people are just as stupid as anybody else. You know, they, I mean, they, <laughs> They write these things down. And so I really think if you got in there and went after Bezos's emails, you'd probably find out that he was in on it, you know, because these people are awfully casual about this problem they created. And what I found in the corporate world is when people are real casual about that kind of thing, it's because they've got top cover. <laughs> and if they've got top cover, they're not going down by themselves, right? So um, they um, they kind of do things that they probably wouldn't otherwise do. Right. You know, we, we we've seen that before. You know, like at the Nuremberg trials. You know, and places <laughs> like that. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know. I I just I think that um, you've hit upon something which is a really important point, though, Nick, which is that. They, they are, it is a missed opportunity for them to be mm -hmm. fussing around with all these ephemeral sores. I mean, come on, you know. While, that, while Facebook could potentially gain ground on them on the other yeah. side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My I mean, Facebook right. isn't getting into this to lose, I'll tell you that. Yeah. They're not getting into it to lose. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Artist Rights Watch. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can add us on Twitter at Artist Rights or on Facebook at Artist Rights Watch, or you can check out our website, artistrightswatch.com. If you missed any of that, you can check our show notes. It has all that information and our contact information. Also, if you specifically like today's topic, there will also be extra information in the show notes as well, where you can do extra research and learn more about today's topic. We'll catch you again next time when we will be continuing our watch for artist rights. Cheers.